Okay, good morning. Today's class is Lunishma and also, please, we, we have the three events in New York. The two in Deal are, are pretty much sold out. And the August 24th event in Manhattan is with Gary Newman. That is for both couples and singles. The event will be, the first half will be the classes, but the after event will be for singles. So strongly, strongly encouraged. All right, so I was doing a little research and I, and I asked, you know, the, this, this, this Chad GPT, what are the 20 lessons from Rabbi Nachman, right? Just to see, have the curiosity on what they come up with. And it was actually pretty accurate. Like, what 20 lessons can we, can, what are the practical 20 lessons? Obviously, there's, there's a lot more, but let's talk about these 20 lessons. And we're just going to do a little recap of the AI version of what they think of Rabbi Nachman. So, number one, lesson 48, Rabbi Nachman says, never give up hope. If you listen to Rabbi Nachman, the, the, the importance of constantly never giving up hope, no matter what a person's situation is. Nachman says that speech is so powerful that you could stop a bullet in the middle of the air. That's how you should speak. Whenever your person's in a situation in life, you should believe that your speech is the power to stop a bullet in the middle of the air. It's a fair, he actually said that. Imagine you could stop a bullet in the air. This is why a lot of the problems is we underestimate the power of our speech. We overestimate the power of our worry, and we underestimate the power of speech. Rabbi Nachman's main message is, is to convert the worry into hope. Convert the worry into speech. There's a Gemara, Gemara 70 in Gemara Gitten that says there's three things that take away all your strength. Worry, sin, and travel. Worry affects you emotionally. Sin affects you spiritually. Travel affects you physically. Just read the Gemara and Gemara Gitten. So just understand. Take that, take that, believe the speech. And, and remember not only that, but speech itself, every time you speak, you're making a vessel. Speech creates a vessel. As it says, why? Because God put the speech in our mouths today. Before, fill, fill up your mouth and I will fill it. Open up your mouth and I will fill it. Fill it with what? Wheaties, fill it up with blessings. So we need to, again, open up our mouths. Your mouth was created not to make excuses, but to create vessels. That's the, one of the things that Rabbi Nachman, right away, there is no quiet, suppressed breast lovers. They're screaming, they're, 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 they're running, they're returning, they're broken, they're up, they're down. But there's no such thing as a quiet breast lover, sitting there doing nothing. Because the fire is always on. The fire is always on. The question is, is what are you doing with the fire? This is why Reb Nachman's main message is, my fire will burn until Mashiach. That means any time that we need that fire, turn that fire, get, it from, get that fire from above versus that infrared. The second, the second thing AI says, and again, it's, it's cute. We're, we're trying to elevate AI. We're, we're, we're doing a, a tikkun for AI, all, all the improper AIs. We're, do, we're, we're making a ma- major tikkun, a rectification to elevate AI. Because anything in the world that there's a possibility for good, there's also possible, bad and possibility for good. But I think AI has uh, great things if, if you use it properly. I use it a lot. Number two, 
The power of prayer is, 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 is huge. The power of prayer is huge. Second thing he says, again, Rav Nachman says in Lesson 9, that you'll, you'll appreciate this when you know the Torahs. The power of prayer is huge. Why? Because Rav Nachman says that splitting of the Red Sea is compared to making a living and relationships. So if you think about it today, what is, what is on your mind? Relationships, making a living. And those are both considered as hard as splitting of the Red Sea. What is splitting of the Red Sea practically today? Prayer. Why? Because the sea split in 12 ways. So Rabbi Nachman tells us that we could change both our spiritual relationships, both, and our financial abundance, both through prayer. Very, the practicality of this is very simple. When I pray, I become more loving and I find good points in people. Therefore, my relationships get better. When I pray and I build trust in myself and I say God provides me with abundance and God is good to all, then I actually believe it. I can walk around in the office saying, today's going to be a good day. But if I don't have that intensity, if I don't have that emotional break in my prayers, then I, I walk around with all kinds of fears. I'm running out of money. I'm running out of this. I'm running out of that. I'm running that. Therefore, I over, all of a sudden get into a panic and therefore go into all kinds of fears and therefore attract my problems. So there is the, the physicality. It actually does. Because when you feel good about yourself, you walk into the office completely different. You're much more positive, etc. So that's extremely important. And that prayer, prayer does that. Because you're all of a sudden, what you're doing is, is you're taking the kotzer ruach, you're taking that shortness of breath, that anxiety, the worry, and you're going into it with an abundant breath. An abundant breath. Extremely important. That. Even if you feel, and that, that's the whole point. The whole point of prayer is, even if I don't feel like it, the fact that you don't feel like it, that's how much more you need to do it. Because you're holding everything in. That's why Ralph says that prayer renews your energy. The reason why it renews your energy is because the reason why you have no energy is because, again, worry. <laughs> Do you understand? We just said the Gemara says that worry takes away my energy. Prayer renews my energy. So think about that concept in your life. If you can't, if it's out of your hands, get it out of your head. You do what you can, but don't, don't obsess with things. This is, seems to be a constant problem in our lives. We're obsessing with things we can't control. Number three, every person has a unique purpose. Ramachim says in Lesson 34 that you have to shine your unique purpose in this world. He calls it your nikuda, your point. That means every single person has a different nikuda. The Gemara talks about an example of a doctor that, that merited a daily call from heaven. And why did this daily doctor merit a daily call from heaven where Sadiqim only merited once a week? Because this doctor was very particular about separating men and women and he, he was able to give free uh, medical medical for certain people who couldn't afford it. So that person, for that doctor, he merited to be the greatest of the greatest doctors because of the good deeds that he did. So you, we all have, you, if you, 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 one person could be a singer, one person could be an artist, one person could be a teacher, one person could be the best mother, but be the best that you could be. And most important, it's your mission, so stay in your lane. Find a way that you, your mission, not, you have a unique mission. So you, we have to, whether or not you, you do your mission is whether or not you are, you are shining your soul into the world. And that's by finding your unique mission in this world. Extremely important message. 
and that's your own purpose. Because if I'm in my own mission, I'll respect your mission. But when I'm not in my lane, then I want to be in your lane, and then I'm, it, it just brings a, everybody's on the wrong side of the highway. <laughs> and that's the problem. So you have to find your unique point. Number four, develop a deep and personal relationship with God. Remember, deep and personal. Deep and personal. Not superficial tradition. Rabbi Nachman was about the depthness of the relationship, the daily conversation. The depthness, remember. Not just reading. You're, you're connected. Your creator's with you. You feel your creator. You feel when you, when you have a problem in your life, you feel that like you can wake up in the morning and have a conversation with your creator. That kind of friend, that kind of relationship. Like a father and a mother. That you, you can walk and have that kind of relationship. We shouldn't walk around. We are the chosen people and we are walking around with no father. And we're walking around with trusting in, in, in presidents and garbage and nothing but the, the, the truth. And this is why we have this a mental breakdown today. Because we are trusting in man. And as the Gemara says, one who trusts in man, he will be cursed. And one who trusts in God, he will be blessed. So you decide where you want to put your energy into. And that's what Rav Nachman teaches us right away. Have a deep personal relationship with God. I don't care if you're flying, you're sinning, you're running, you're running. As long as that relationship keeps on moving, you will grow. But if there's no relationship, there's resentment, there's all kinds of, of, of fictitious ideas and all kinds of things that we come up with when we don't have that relationship, God forbid. That's the first thing. You should, you, real pain in life is not the situation. Real pain in life is being distant from God. Number five, seek joy and happiness in all aspects of your life. The bottom line is 90% of life is attitude, 10% is what it is. So you might as well have a good attitude, pretty much. It's easy to dance, it's easy to wait for a condition. Everybody usually will tell you a story. You know, after um, I went through a struggle when I'm single, and I, when, I got, when they get married, they tell everybody the story about how, you know, they're, they're married, they're, they were single, but now they're married. It's wonderful. Oh, everybody tell you I had to study where I couldn't have kids. Next thing you know, now they have three kids. And they'll tell everybody about the struggle that once they have three kids. No, start talking, start being happy in the middle of, of it. That is really the key. Not when this happened or not when I was poor and I had, you know, 25 bucks in my name. Now I'm worth 2.5 billion and I'm telling everybody, giving everybody a chizuk. Start saying I had $25 in my bank and I'm going to be besimcha. That is what Rav Nachman is telling you. Be happy in that situation. Not when they waits the situation. That means we don't have to wait for the trophy to, to, to tell everybody how I got the trophy. Start believing that you already have the trophy. That is what is, is seeing happiness and joy in, your, in that life. Being able to, that's what Rav Nachman taught me the best, is already planning this, the cheesecake party like it's believing it, planning the Yeshua in the middle of the storm, not waiting for conditions to be over, etc., because remember, God has to test you. He has to test you. He wants to, he wants to prove your faith. Number six, finding a good in every situation, even in difficulties. That's a famous lesson of Azamra. Azamra means I will sing with whatever I have. If I have a wife, the Gemara says, if a person has a bad wife, okay, he's not going to have Gehinnom. So you should be happy that he's not, that he he, not going to go to Gehinnom because he already has it here. You should be happy even in that situation. God forbid we should come to that situation. But the whole point is, when your attitude changes, the situation changes. Because you, you accepted it. Let's say in a past Gilgul, 
in the past reincarnation, you were a horrible husband. You were a horrible husband. And next thing you know, how are you going to pay back? You have to come in this world and have a horrible wife to make a rectification. But let's say you really have a good attitude towards that. And you're not complaining about it. You're grateful. Even though you don't know what's going on in heaven and what Gilgulim, because you handled it well, they can actually break a decree for you. The power of a good attitude, you have no idea what the power of a good attitude is. It breaks the crease. Can you imagine how many Segulot were trying to, how many people are running after Segulot? Going to this rabbi, going to that rabbi. How about being happy in your situation? That breaks everything. As our sages say, the joy, joy is the best way to get the Shekhinah out of exile. So think about that situation, think about situations in your life and start singing. Azamra, I will sing with what I have. And this is where the Jews sinned with the golden calf. They were still able to sing regardless. So that's number six. That's a very, that should be a number one on the list, really. Number seven, practice self-reflection and introspection. Right? The constant, remember, we just said right now that worry, that sin takes away your energy. So we, when we do a daily accounting, we just say, I'm, bar- I'm embarrassed for this sin. I'm embarrassed for that. I could do better here. I could do better there. So what happens is when you do that, that self-reflection gives you more energy because now you, you elevated sin to its place. You no longer are holding on to that guilt or that shame. The, ima- the amount of things that we all hold on to for no reason, which is guilt and shame, it's just you're holding on to other people's luggages. You're holding on to other... All you're doing is you're trying to punish yourself because of what you did. And that's not what heaven wants. Heaven wants you to be embarrassed and say, this is not my luggage anymore. This belongs to you. That's it. And ask him to the, for the strength not to repeat it again. It's not supposed to be so complicated. I hate to tell it to you. It's not supposed to be so complicated. It's only when you take everything so personal. There's times where you're going, to be, you're going to sin and it's going to be heavenly ordained that you sin. So you should go to pl- dark places. So you should appreciate life more. Believe me, of my experience, what I've recognized is what needs to be, what's, what's the next thing that needs to be done? To be embarrassed, I need to ask that I shouldn't repeat it again, but to walk around with all of this guilt and shame and, and what people walk around with is it's just a walking around with other people's luggage. And that's pretty, you know, when you're in an airport, that's not your luggage. You handle your own luggage. This is extremely important that when you understand this concept, you don't, walk, you don't let other people's luggage affect you also. You don't let other people's uh, bad moods affect you so much. It's a, it's, it's, a, it's a game changer. It's a game changer that could save you about 20 years of therapy. So whatever money you're saving in therapy, you could donate to the classes and we could spread more light so less people have to give you more luggage in the airports. That's the whole point of the whole, this whole thing. It, there's nothing more refreshing than I hear, I just met a girl who listens to your classes. That's gonna really help you get to the aisle. <laughs> because if you're on the same mind frame of forgiving and, 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 and not getting physical, and it, it's gonna help you get married. If people are in the same, if the dot is, everybody has the same dot, that's my whole goal is to get people to listen so they're all on the same page. And when you're on the same page, that usually solves most of these situations in life. And that's what we need to spread. We need to spread, even though I'm not into this Instagram world, I have to be in this world and we have to spread more. 
Because otherwise, it's not happening by osmosis. So practice self-reflection is extremely important. Number eight, speak to God as you, as you would a close friend. The same thing, speak to God. Like Rabbi Rush says, the reason why, speak, again, speaking to God is, the, the whole point of speaking to God is he wants a relationship. He created the world. He didn't create us. and says, I created you. You go on your way. He says, I'm the one who took you out of Egypt from the house of slavery. I'm the one who took you out, and I'm the one that's going to get you out. So he wants a relationship, not just a religion. Remember, religion, tradition, without spirituality and relationship will not last that long. Look at the reform movement today. There's no God. Where's the God in the picture? It's just a bunch of, you know, COVID comes, everybody's on Zoom, and it's, there's no heart. It's, okay, big deal. What's the big deal if I don't go to synagogue? I just watch it on Zoom. You can watch Fauda on Zoom too. You can, what's the point at the end of the day? There's no relationship anyway. Who cares if you're on Zoom? Who cares if you have a meeting? Do you understand? There's no connection anyway. There's no connection. Who cares if you could... The whole point is, if there's no connection, who cares anyway? What's the difference? If you're there, you're not there, you're on Zoom. What's the, it's just, it's just, I'm just checking a box. I'm just checking a box. This is why you see that certain sectors... Chabad's taken over because there's a relationship, there's love, there's happiness, there's good points, there's community. Even though we accept everybody, even though we and we meet every we meet everybody meet, gets met where they are. But some of these other movements is just you know you're just checking the box, you know, because this is a tradition and that's not what our Creator wants out of us. So do not go long term in in reform synagogues. <laughs> there's no growth there, and there's a reason why there's no growth. It's because there's no, there's no heart. It's nice, but there's no heart. Again, there's a difference between, unfortunately, putting our kids in Jewish schools and schools for Jews. You're going to get a completely different education. You know, I had to put one of my little kids in, because in, in, it was near my house. You know, next thing you know, I go to the school, they got you know, rainbows and, and Adam and Steve and, and this and, and, and all kinds of crazy ideas they got going on there, uh, you know. You know, the 40 and the Omer and the 49 days of the Omer, 49 pronouns. I couldn't believe it. It's a Jew- school for Jews, not a Jewish school. Once I saw that, I said, thank you very much, but I am not welcome in this kind of mindset. Because one thing is distort the Torah. People have these ayatahara for these things. And, and we understand them, but don't distort the Torah. Don't distort the Torah to your own understanding and... And this is not what we do. Don't distort it. You don't keep it. You're not there yet. Respect it. But don't start distorting and saying that, you know, the Omer has 49 pronouns. This is why there's 49. This is all completely Mishuga um, that's happening in this world today. We will do a class tomorrow on this concept, on where this starts. But what the world is happening today, we need to all go into our own little ark right now. And the ark is... Because the world is flooded, by the way. So let's try to find our own ark. And Rav Nachman says the ark itself represents the truth. Go into the ark. Go into the teva. Go into the word. Go into prayer. Because the world is flooded today like you've never seen before. Even though it's not raining, it's flooded with all kinds of crazy ideas that is happening in this world today. And Baruch Hashem, if I lose those kind of followers, it's all good too also. Number nine, trust in God's guidance and providence. 
right? That's a famous lesson 60. Rabbi Nachman tells us in lesson 60, it's a beautiful lesson, and the lesson tells us that when you trust in God, you're able to draw something that's going to come to you in its time. We say every single day, we say we open up our hands, we look up, and whatever is meant to be comes to us in its time. So Rabbi Nachman tells us that it's very hard Sometimes something that you really need, it could come in two years, three years from now. And how in the world do you get it to come to you in its time? And he's saying this is, is created by looking, by trusting. When you trust in God, trusting is the power of attraction. That you'll allow, trusting will allow you to get something in the appropriate time. So before we, we say, right? we, we, we ask God to give it to us in its time. Because timing is very important. Timing is created by looking. So trusting in God attracts what you need in its time. Number 10. Engage in regular acts of kindness and charity. Okay? The, the, the greatest kindness and charity you could do to other people, number one is pray for them. Number two is giving the benefit of the doubt. Believe it or not, giving people the benefit of the doubt and understanding them is kindness. Kindness is not just buying the guy a bagel or letting the guy, you know, skip the line in the bathroom. That's not kindness. Kindness is, is, is wrecking, understanding where that person is and giving him the, the benefit of the doubt that if he was in a good state in life, he would not, he would not insult you. And that is very related to Tomer Devorah. Ramachman tells us that there's one way, if a person has a lot of sins, there's one way to cleanse them all really fast. That means imagine if you were able to go wholesale and you wanted, you had, listen, I have 45 cents right now and I need, to, I need to sell them at 10 cents on the dollar because they're, they're creating a lot of havoc in my life. Reb Nachman says the way to do that is by practicing the 13 attributes of mercy. So basically God gives you a chance to deal with people, individual people, and if you're lucky, he'll even give you very problematic people. Because if he gives you problematic people, you're constantly forgiving them, and you're constantly giving them the benefit of the doubt, so you're constantly creating basically a vending machine of, of mercy. So sometimes we say, what are you giving me these problematic people in my life? What are you giving me all these crazy people? What are you giving me such problematic? And we, and we, and we say, you know, toxic and boundaries and this wonder. Yes, it is good to have boundaries and etc., but you have to recognize that no matter what you want and no matter how many boundaries and how many therapists you go to, you will still, they will still show up. Why? Because you still need mercy in heaven. And if you didn't have problematic people in your life, you would not be able to give mercy. You wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to give mercy to them. So you wouldn't be able to have mercy. So actually, the problem is the solution. So do not ask to be... You can't, be, you can't live by yourself in life. You know, this is why when a person gets married... His sins are contained. Because if, if I'm by myself, it's just me and God, I have no opposition. It's the resistance that makes you great. So that's in constantly engaging in kindness and charity. Eleven, foster a sense of gratitude in all that you have. Breslov 101 is definitely uh, constant toda, right? You hear Rabbi Rush, toda, toda, toda. Because there's a very dangerous thing in life called ingratitude. And inside of us, we have a gene of ingratitude, which came from Adam. So you are prone to having gratitude, pretty much. Ingratitude is like Velcro. It's going to come to you over every little thing. So if you, if you don't have a, 
if a person doesn't focus on constant gratitude, he's almost falling into the gravity of ingratitude. So Renachman said that. This, it's normal to have what life is going to throw you to have ingratitude. But it's not enough to say, well, I'm not going to have ingratitude. You can't play just defense in life. The best offense, the best defense is a good offense. So go into gratitude, and then when you're gratitude, when you have more gratitude in life, when you're ingrateful, you'll see, oh, something's off. Why am I complaining? I'm usually thanking. But if you're complaining all the time in life, then you don't know the difference between gratitude and complaining. And in, in life, we get what we practice. So it's pretty much what you practice on. So that's grat- constant gratitude, because gratitude is the best way to crown our creator. Right? Think about a child being grateful. What is it? It's a reflection on, on what? On his parents. If a child is grateful, that means his parents taught him well. You look at the parents and say, huh, parents know what they're doing. Teaching the kid. So us, if we're ungrateful, it shows a reflection in heaven. It's, a, it's showing in he- heaven, I don't like what you're doing. And the whole point of Rabnat, what Rabnatan is telling us here is that we are here to crown the king. Imagine if God asks you, what, what's, what's the, what, what, what are you doing today? They should say, today I'm going to crown the king. I'm going to crown my creator. And the best way to crown your creator which is to reveal his kind, reveal the machut, to reveal, is through thanking him. The more difficult it is, and the more you thank, the more you reveal the purpose of creation. So when we get very difficult situations, that's extra careful to be more grateful. Like Rabbi Rush Shalita says, 198 miracles are people who said thank you for the problems. The whole point is, it's extremely important to understand the logistics and the spirituality behind these things. Because if you just say, oh, thank you, thank you, you don't understand the, 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 the meaning and understand the purpose of what, my, what am I here in this world, what am I doing, what's my mission statement, etc. On Rosh Hashanah, we all say, Hashem, you are the king, Hashem, you are the king. But we just do this on Rosh Hashanah and we, you know, we, we check out. But this is not supposed to be a one-time thing. This, this, is a, this is supposed to be the mission statement. And then the whole day you're supposed to draw upon that concept of, of, of crowning the king. And we crown the king by being grateful. And so like everything else, when you're grateful, what happens? Ramnachman says that when a person is thankful for whatever he has, heaven will show him, you, you, this, you're grateful for this? I'm going to show you much more. And unfortunately, the same thing, the opposite. When you complain about things, you'll have much more things to complain about. So this is why you have to ask yourself, what, what direction do you want to go in our lives? And we, we do have to get this in our head many, many times because this has become a habit. It's a habit of these things. Number 12, embrace simplicity and live with modesty, right? Constant simplicity. This is Breast of 101. The greatest simplicity is to recognize you know nothing. That is as simple as that. To constantly remember how much you know nothing. Because the greatest wisdom is to recognize you know nothing. And that is simple enough. He, he, Reb Nachman condemned any form of philosophy, any form of overcomplication. Because there's, nowhere, there's only questions. When we get to philosophy, 
all we're doing is demonstrating how much more questions we have and doubts against God and how intelligent we are and how much our Creator knows nothing, that He's got it all wrong and we're going to come up with new theories. And you could see how many people have tried this. And I believe Titus, he, he wanted to conquer God and at the end of the day, he was killed by a little mosquito in his nose. To show, be humble. Recognize that when, you are, when, you, there's, when, when there's problems in our lives, the first thing you need to be is dumb, silent. Through the silence, Rav Nachman says, you will get the wisdom. Yeah, amazing concept. I will get silence, silence before wisdom. Silence before wisdom, silence. Put the brakes, there's something greater happening. Imagine you're watching a movie, some guy comes in the middle of a movie and starts saying, what, what the hell's going on here? And what is everybody telling Shh, did you see the before? Did you see the before of the movie? Did you see what's happening? You're just coming here in the middle of a movie, making all kinds of noise, spilling your popcorn on everybody, and thinking you know everything. Everybody tells them what? Shh, quiet. We are in the middle of a movie, walking in with popcorn everywhere, spilling on everybody's face, saying, I don't understand this, I don't understand that, I don't understand that. And just like the crowd would tell you to shh, in life, Hashem is also telling you, shh, dom, dam, silence before wisdom. It, that has been one of the greatest hacks in my life. You don't understand it? Silence. Then the wisdom comes. I cannot tell you how valuable that lesson is. Your brain is constantly running. This, what's happening? Rational. Why? This, why? Who? 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 Sometimes it's not time. Silence before wisdom. Remember that. That is called simplicity. To live in simplicity. It doesn't mean you're stupid. It doesn't mean you're ignorant. It doesn't mean you're not being careful to worry about everything. You know, people will tell you, how can I not worry about this? Exactly. Worrying is not going to get you better. Worry, all worry, worry is going to give you is cortisol. And what all cortisol is going to give you is the inability to come up with the solution. Because you don't need control right now. You need surrender. And that's what silence is. It's a surrender to a much greater picture that you do not know. And we have this wisdom. You, you have to understand something very simple. That Rav Nachman and these sages have already went through these lives that we did. There's a road already that's working. And all we have to do is follow the road. There's a yellow brick road, Lahabdil, that's already there. You don't need to create your own road. Don't be complicated in your own ways. There's a road, follow the road. Don't, don't, we don't need to create new roads. These new roads are only in our head. This is what works. Follow the road and let go. That's extremely important to understand that. Number 13. Learn from every person and experience. Again, learn from every person and experience. It doesn't say take everything personal. <laughs> it says learn from the person and experience. Find the chachma in that situation. Learn from the person and experience. Learn from the message, not focus on the messenger. Find the chachma in the situation. And if I'm insulted, like David Hawkins says, Find the suppressed emotion inside of me that, that is seeking a release through that person. If I'm angry, ask myself, why was I so triggered by that anger? 
What about me that I'm holding on to that that anger triggered me? Understand? I had a lady yesterday, a typical example. She's married to a Hasidic guy. And all of a sudden she's got resentment to her husband. What else is new, right? <laughs> Nothing new under the sun. And all of a sudden she says, I don't understand why every time I go to a Hasidic place, I can't stand them. Very simple. It has nothing to do with the Hasidic people. It has to do with your Hasidic husband, who you're associating those people to resentment. And next thing you know, all of a sudden, you're throwing the whole sector under the bus. But that anger is not towards them. It's towards your husband. And you just associate this to that. You understand how, how, our, body, how our body works? We associate. We create associations with one to the other. Right? That's, that's not appropriate. So learn from people. What about that person... In, is, what is, what in my, why did God put that person in my life and what is that person trying to teach me and I promise you this cannot be done in the heat of the moment this has to be done the next day when you watch game film and see okay what about me what about that person is triggering me so much what about that person in my life that's making me feel so unworthy what about that person in my life learn from them find the chachma in them not say that person is destroying my life. That is not learning from them. That's the opposite. Number 14, take responsibility for your life and for your own. That's what Nachman says is each person has to take responsibility over his life. And responsibility is what gives you a vessel. Malchut is responsibility. You have to become, you have to be responsible for your own household for your own people around you. It's not just about your world. It's not just me, it's the whole world. It's we. Responsibility is we. If I see somebody struggling, I'm responsible for him. Not just yourself. That means take leadership. Number 15, overcome fear and rectify fallen fears. And that's a famous lesson that Ram Nachman says that the only way to do that is to get rid of these fallen fears don't feed the ducks. Don't feed the fears. You ever hear, don't feed the ducks? Why? Because they're going to come and crap all over your house. The same thing with fear. The more you fear it, the more you're giving it energy. Ener things need energy to live. If they don't have energy, if you don't feed it, the ducks won't come back. If you don't fear, you don't feed the fear, the fear has no vitality. How do you kill it? Through trust. So don't feed the fears. Don't feed the ducks. Don't feed the fears. Don't give them energy. Don't think about them. Find a way to let them go by casting them onto bird in heaven. Number 16, be mindful of your speech and avoid negative self-talk. Negative self Again, the same thing. Because after negative self-talk comes what? Action. Remember, things have to go from thought, speech, and action. So I have to interrupt the pattern from thought to speech. If the thought, if all of a sudden, if the thought is negative and the speech is negative, then what do you think is going to come next? A negative action. So you can always be careful and interrupt the speech. When you, negative speech does the opposite. Because remember, I'm using that same speech for a vessel. If I'm using it to build, I can't use it to destroy Number 17, develop a positive mindset and focus on the good. Very similar to again. And again, 
it's very important that this concept of developing a positive mindset, that means a commitment to positivity. It's a big difference between I am positive when positive things happen. <laughs> no. It's the commitment to positivity. See the difference? I'm going to be committed to positivity versus I'm going to be positive when positive things happen. We don't need... Any genius to figure that one out. Anybody can be positive when positive things happen. It's the commitment to not say, how's your day? The day is positive. It's a commitment. I'm committing myself to be positive regardless of what happens. That is the, that is the key. That is the key. It's the commitment versus conditions. 18, treat others with respect and kindness. Obviously, 19, practicing forgiveness and let go of grudges. That's the, Rav Nachman says that when you see people that are against you, what you should do is find good points in them. Imagine that. If you see somebody going attacking you, basically he's telling you, kill people with kindness. When you see somebody attacking you, give them a compliment. Because otherwise, if this guy's trying to dig a hole to get to my house, and I have a grudge, I'm just going to help him dig quicker right he's digging underneath and I'm gonna dig straight to him so what am I doing I'm actually letting him achieve his goal quicker what I should do is dig the other way this way even if he's digging he's never gonna get me go the other way not help him achieve his goal quicker and the second the 20th is embracing the beauty of nature and connecting with it. Nachman advises many, many times to talk, 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 talk to God in the field and the trees, to, to always find the wisdom in everything. Everything has wisdom. And to connect to that wisdom, and the more you connect to that wisdom, the more that light will come to you. So may Hashem help us all that we should all merit these 20, these 20 great tools, 20 lessons, short 20 lessons. It's a good review. And again, May we merit to fulfill these, these lessons. Have a great day.